0: Today on The Breakdown, with 19 left in the PokerStars Championship, Monte Carlo of Main Event, Rafael Sorrentino and Douglas Souza got involved in a pot, which is the kind of pot that people play a lot in big spots in big tournaments. And so we thought it was about time to break this thing down. And we're going to do it right now on The Breakdown with Grant Denison and Jonathan Levy. <laughs>
1: Nobody at all could tell that you were really searching for their names when you said them. I didn't like, even say it right. I when, said I call uh, them uh, Ra- Ra- it's,
0: Raphael. It's actually Raffaele, right? Yeah, Raphael-y. And I call them Raphael. So yeah. that's that's my bad. Sorry, Raffaele. Yeah, it, it, you know, there could be a silent e at the end. He's not named after a Ninja Turtle. He's Raffaele. Raphael the Ninja Turtle is not is you know named after. No. Okay.
1: Like one of the okay no nope. greats. No. no, those guys are named after the Turtles. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Michelangelo, Donatello.
1: Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Fair
0: enough. What has Donatello ever done? You know? Who cares? Who even cares? It's it's not
1: important. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. This is a great beginning to the show. It is. I'm going to ruin the classics for everybody.
0: You've already done it. Yeah, Don't that's, worry.
1: That's amazing. But, okay, on a more poker-oriented note, oh. something Jonathan touched on, this is a spot that a lot of you may have found yourself in, in tournaments before and it's not a spot we've broken down before, but it's a common spot and especially happens at moments like this because there are only 19 remaining out of the 800 player field in a very big tournament. So a lot of pressure gets applied in spots like this and it's hard to play certain hands that you would often feel more comfortable playing.
0: I'm actually already thinking of when I've been in this spot, like recently, I mean somewhat recently anyway and uh, like in sort of big spots and tournaments and with this kind of this kind of spot, we're going to see like and sometimes it's right, sometimes it's wrong. So I'm I'm excited to get into it, like the decisions I have made and if they're any good.
1: All right, <laughs> probably not <laughs> knowing you. Well, hey, whatever. Mm. Anyway, this was suggested by Twitter Master, it's the Twitter Master, the Twitter Master. There you go. Where, where do you think he suggested it? Where? Yeah, Facebook. I'm maybe? gonna.
0: Oh, I was gonna go with Australia. Oh,
1: because you said where? I meant technologically cyberspace yes but more specifically in cyberspace in cyberspace
0: <laughs> is that a, is that a,
1: what okay he suggested it on twitter <laughs> thank you for all of your help jonathan really great um sometimes i just gotta leave you out there on the branch you know yeah we are two poker
0: guys on twitter do let you offend really... for yourself
1: maybe you should fend for yourself once in a while you don't seem to be learning anything oh <laughs>
0: <laughs> podcast number two people yeah So, yeah, um, as Grant was saying, we are the number two poker guys on Twitter. If you have a suggestion for the breakdown, tweet it at us, include a YouTube link, timestamp it. You know what I was starting to think, by the way? I think it's time we have them hashtag it also so it's easier to find new ones. We have so much stuff going on in our Twitter feed these days with contests and stuff. Maybe it's time to do some
1: hashtagging. Hashtag Gore Lieberman?
0: Well, maybe just hashtag breakdown (laughs) or dub. Hashtag poker guys breakdown or something like that. 2PG breakdown. I was, I was
1: thinking of something else, yeah. Yeah, okay.
0: I don't know, something like that. One yeah. of those. We should probably come up with one. We don't have to do it right now. We're All not right. going to. For the, for the future, for the future. Perhaps we will. Perhaps. Oh, it doesn't sound... That sounds like the way my mom, when I wanted a dog when I was five, and she, you know what she said? <laughs> she said, when you're 10, you can have one. And you know what happened? You, you got one? I waited five years and didn't say a word. I just like slowly waited. And on my 10th birthday, there was a whole party and in the middle of it all in the middle of presents i, I stood up and said where's my dog <laughs> i don't know my mom just was shocked and told me i wasn't i wasn't getting one <laughs> <laughs> i literally waited 5 years and like the whole time I was like counting of you know okay two more years left you know when i'm 10 and and then she's like oh no you you're not you're not responsible enough for a dog is that why you are the way you are because of that traumatic event i mean it probably plays into some things right it yeah. probably colors Colors and texturizes all my, uh, all my experiences. All your neuroses. It's a filter I see everything through, okay?
1: Abandonment. <laughs> a dogless deployment. filter. <laughs> anyway. Uh, everyone wants a dog. I have no idea kid. if the players in this hand have dogs or not. I mean. Based on how they play, I'm going to say 1.5 dogs are owned between the two players. Yeah, that's, that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, it is 19 remaining, and it goes down to 18 in the middle of the hand. So, yeah. And we're in the money, of course. Yeah, way in the money, because it was an 800-player field or something like yeah, that. Yeah, 5,300 this is, euro in, yep, I believe. Yeah, this is the Monte Carlo main event. First place is uh, about half a million dollars. Or euros. No, euros it's about
0: 400-something euros and a half a okay. million dollars.
1: Cool. Well, let's get to it, shall we? Let's do it. All right. So it's 12K and 24K in the blinds. Douglas Souza, who did not write any of the American anthems. One, there's John, John Philip Souza. That's the guy. He wrote something. What did he write? So, so one of the American songs that all the Americans like to sing wasn't the Star Spangled Banner. That's wasn't what I the know. Star Spangled Banner something like that though? Okay, but maybe another song, America the Beautiful. Yankee I don't know. dandy. I don't know. Um, yeah, maybe Lemonade. Theme one of those from,
0: <laughs> theme from Star Wars. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, anyway, this guy who is not related to that guy, probably Douglas Souza. I mean, probably has he's from Brazil. Has one point four million in chips at twelve k twenty four k. He's one of the bigger stacks in the room, most likely. He raises to 60K under the gun with 10-9 suited, which is slightly loose, except not really in this situation because no. they're short-ish handed. They're like seven or eight handed, and he is bullying the table at this point. Probably. Yeah, they're
0: not even... No, there's there's either seven or six handed because the, uh, there's 19 left. Yeah, then it's tables. a completely standard hand to open. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure.
1: And it folds to Raffaele Sorrentino on the button. Mm. He's got 712K. So his stack is not amazing. He's in like slight danger sometimes. Especially with a hand like he has here. He has ace-queen offsuit. So, but he's got 30 blinds, basically? Yeah. yeah. Okay.
0: Sort of an awkward stack size for the 30 blinds, too, where, like... Ace-queen c- is the ultimate awkward hand to have
1: with 30 blinds, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, it's
0: like, I could three-bet it, but if I get shoved out of my calling, but if I fold, it's horrible, but yeah. if I call, it's kind of terrible, too. Is he shoving ace-jack ever? I mean, what are we doing here? So, it gets gets weird i think
1: you have to three bet fold it for 30 blinds unless you know your opponent really well so that's that's a good reason to just call especially on the button yeah it just kind of sucks like usually you're not too unhappy to see ace queen but in this spot it's like well my stack and the situation just dictate that i have to just call and just mostly fold the flop that's just how it is that's right you know that's right which kind of sucks but that's life sometimes
0: you know it's gonna work out well though yeah that's the good news of course, sometimes he has ace-king, we both
1: flop an ace, and it's very bad. Yeah, those are bad times, but yeah. we know that can't happen here because Douglas Souza has nine tennis spades.
0: Yes. But All there right. are
1: other players who could be in the hand, Grant. No. Okay. Sorrentino, ace of diamonds, queen of spades, by the way. Elkie, garbage human, in the big blind, has two sevens. Aha! Uh-huh. So I was right. You found another guy. Oh, well, he might fold him. Is he going to fold him? No, he calls. Oh, uh, okay. He calls, of course. Because, you know, that would be really bad to yeah. fold him. <laughs> Or three bet they'll both be really bad. Who am I right now? Who am I? I'm
0: gonna do an impression. Alright. So seek, so seek. So that's, seek that's um So seek. That's
1: Jared Leto as the Joker.
0: <laughs> no, it's not. It's Elkie as the Joker.
1: Oh, okay. Elkie Elkie. If you're gonna pick a poker player to play the Joker, at least visually Elkie might be a good choice.
0: He, no, he's pretty good. You know the other guy who's good? I can't remember his name. He was that super annoying kid who's like a cash game player. Oh yeah, I think he went crazy, so it's not as good anymore to say oh. this. Um Forget bad. it. I'll just leave it. I won't say his name or anything. All
1: right. But you know who is maybe good to play the Joker? I'm just having this thought. It's oh, a little yeah, bit of please. a different direction, but I think Steve O'Dwyer could pull it off.
0: Oh, Steve O'Dwyer is like the, the Christopher Nolan type of yeah, Joker. Yeah, he, he could
1: be very brooding, you know? Yeah. Although he's not yeah. as jovial as the Joker might be, but maybe he could add some joviality. I don't think he could. No, you don't think so? <laughs> he's more of a, more of a brooding Joker. I don't think him being that guy. Yeah. Oh, I I figured it out. Okay. This is a very obvious answer, but it has to be the right answer. The poker player who could play the joke for the best, which is obviously what this podcast is about. The, you want to take a no, quick stab? I got nothing. Phil Locke.
0: Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty good. I was, I was afraid you were going to say Negrano, and I was like, that's not a good answer. No, it's got to be Phil Locke. Phil Locke is the actual... He's the the closest thing to an agent of chaos we really have in poker, yeah. who is... Um, Still trying to play good poker, I guess. Yeah.
1: You know, just, just, that's, that's not entirely fair, but Tony, you know what I'm saying. Tony He's G. also outside of poker. Tony G is a bit of an agent of chaos.
0: But, no, he's, but not, he's, he's not, he's he's like the penguin. Yeah. Yeah. He's more about like tearing people down. The Joker's <laughs> yeah. more about tearing everything down. It's yeah. different. Philak's trying to kill himself too. Not just you. It's yeah. different. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. I like glad, just wants to see interesting things happen. You know, I'm glad we figured that out. Yeah. And I know a lot of you out there like to tweet at us when we say stuff like this, like Damon in San Diego, for example. Yeah. That's so if you guys have an alternative Joker, I would like to hear him tweet at us. Yeah. Um, you could. Ha- you could
0: hashtag that Joker in poker. Poker Joker. Poker Joker. Actually, if you do that, we're not going to know what you're talking about. No. Joker and have Poker. No idea what you're talking Hashtag about. Hashtag Joker and Poker. We'll get it. I swear we're going to understand yeah, this tweet. I don't
1: think so. No, I'm going to remember it. Oh, yeah. You will remember. You. Okay. You like oh I said you that time? No, I didn't. It's I, like, I was offended. Well, you're often offended. You're just
0: constantly offended. Well, so I was offended. So that's the news. Okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, let's continue the hand here. Okay. We're going three ways to the flop. Douglas Souza having opened under the gun with the big stack with 9 10 of spades. Rafael Sorrentino on the button with ace-queen off suit, ace-diamonds, of queen of spades. Elki with two sevens in the big blind, 207,000 in the pot. Cool. The flop is a great one for Sorrentino and a pretty good one for Douglas Souza. It is queen of diamonds, deuce of spades, four of spades. I mean, Elki
0: flops fine.
1: He flops fine.
0: He <laughs> yeah, the other two guys are more excited about this flop for
1: sure. Yeah, Sorrentino, this is like... Uh, Rainbow would be slightly better, but this is about the best Sorrentino can hope for. I mean, this is pretty good. Yeah, this is pretty good. I mean, you could hope for ace, ace, queen, and the guy to have ace, king or something, but, you know. Sure. And Souza, having flopped the flush draw, can't can't hate that. Nope. 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 <laughs> nope, nope, nope. And nope. All right. So now you see why Elky's the garbage human because of this flop. All right. So maybe he'll outplay everyone. Yeah, maybe. He checks. So he's starting to outplay them already. I mean, you got to set the traps. Susa with his ten high flush draw bets. Is there any argument for not betting here? Um, I don't
0: think there's a good argument for not betting. I think the I think he should be betting here for sure. Yeah. He's got ten high. He has equity. He doesn't really want to get in a spot where he's check calling with 10 high. What about right? check raising? Check raising's okay. It's not awful, but just betting is gonna work a lot, right? Yeah. He he opened under the gun. He's got everything. He's got Top set, he's got aces,
1: he's got kings,
0: he's got yeah. ace queen.
1: He probably has sets of deuces and fours. Because um, they're six or seven-handed. Because they're six or seven-handed, yeah. and he's a big stack.
0: Yep. Um, also, this is a great time to be, you know, pushing people around, right? Like, you know, use that big stack. Like, we're getting close to things here. Like, I, I think a bet is... I think you should almost always bet this.
1: Yeah. Cool. I agree. All right, so you bet 74 into 207, which is pretty standard sizing for this stage of a tournament. Yeah. Uh, Rafael A. Sorrentino with his top top and the backdoor queen high flustra, by the way, is the queen Ooh. of spades. So it's pretty good. He's like, just run out ace of spades, king of spades. No problem. I'm going to win. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what should he do here? Is there an argument for anything but calling?
0: There's not a good argument for anything but calling, I don't think. Right. I mean, there's yeah. th- there's a reasonable argument where you could say, well, we're kind of short. Sure. We just want to get in now, blah, blah, blah. But a little too deep for that. We're a little too deep. If we actually were to get it in against a, a big flush draw, like the king high or ace high flush draw, we're only 50% anyway. I'd rather get it in on the turn if we were even trying to do that, which I don't know why we would. It's hard to get called by worse hands. I guess Sousa could have king, queen, and decide not to fold. That's reasonable. Yeah. That's about it, right? Isn't he, he's going to fold almost everything else. We'll also be raising into two players. I don't know why we wouldn't just call here
1: feels like calling is the play. We're in position. It's great. I totally agree. I think if you have a lot of data on Souza here, and Souza's the guy who's been using the big stack to bully yes. everybody, you could raise hoping he's going to shove all the time because he's snap. like, yeah, just snap like, call. I yeah. did it. Yeah, and I
0: hope it works. Yeah, Reminds me a little bit of when Kristen Soto, we interviewed him, and he was talking about actually with ace queen flopping a queen, and he just said, well, if he happens to have two kings, we just got really unlucky because we're getting it all in if we can here. Like, yeah. Even though it were like a thousand blinds deep, it right. doesn't matter. Like against this particular player, we're just going. So, um, so in some ways, that that could be a way to do it. But if you don't know that about Souza, I think it's a mistake to race because we're just going to have some game theory issues here.
1: Yes, absolutely. In terms you of what should, we you should out. listen to that interview with Christian Soto if you haven't oh, already. Oh, so good, way, smart guy. It like we did that interview, and then when it came out a week
0: later, I listened to it or two weeks later, or whatever, and I was just like really into it. I thought it was a really interesting. Show and it's it's because of him yeah much more so than us but um but he is yeah super smart I love the way he described his thought process I felt like I really learned more about that hand and the way he thought about no he had more information on the player than we did hashtag but still, yeah but still I was super impressed
1: yeah he's an impressive poker player that yes is. yes is. um all right so Sorrentino is going to agree with you and decide to just call I feel like that's really the only thing you can do here yeah. unless you have extreme metagame going on. And Elky folds because that makes sense. It would be weird
0: to do anything else.
1: Yes, it would. It really, really would. Uh, All right. So the pot is now 355,000. So because Sorrentino started with like around a 30 blind stack, the SPR or stack to pot ratio is getting a little bit interesting. He's got
0: what, like 500K or something?
1: Uh, He's got a bit more than that. He He started with 712. He's He's called 60 and 74.
0: So he's got, yeah, 580 or something?
1: Yeah. Okay. Right.
0: So Um, less than two to one. So can easily get it in by the river if he wants to
1: yeah i mean it's often a scary situation when you have one pair and and you're getting 30 blinds in by the river i mean i think what we'd hope for is some version of we
0: make the bets that get it in right like if you know like if the guy checks at some point and we get to bet all in on the river we're often ahead right maybe not always but often often yeah
1: now before we get to the turn card we got to talk a little bit about the old dash digital cash jonathan yeah we do because Dash Digital digital cash right, like, is a word. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Well, they put it in the name of Dash Digital Cash, so it's now officially a word anyway. <laughs> um, it's actually not. It's just called Dash. Digital Cash is like, you know... Oh, it's, it's, that's like their... It's like its slogan. Subtext. Subtext. Yeah, like you should think about digital cash. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Dash is a very interesting cryptocurrency. It has a lot of really cool features. We actually made a video about it uh, where... It was like a highly produced video and Jonathan walked up awkwardly and, you know, there was like a fireplace in the background and stuff. All right. We're just going to take a moment and talk about this. Okay. So you guys may have noticed if you're, you know,
0: loyal listeners that Grant only recently started making fun of my walking up in that video. And the reason why is because I said, oh, you can make fun of me about that. That'll be fine. I thought it was just gonna be one time. I yeah. didn't realize it was gonna be forever. Well, that wasn't the plan. Well, if you didn't
1: think if you thought it was gonna be forever, you shouldn't have
0: done it. Well, right. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I thought it was gonna be once. That's why I did it. I never, I never would have said okay to this. <laughs> anyway, Jonathan's oh, yeah.
1: awkward walk up
0: <laughs> yeah, it is. occurs it quite awkward
1: during our video where we describe. In some detail, the value of cryptocurrency and, and what cryptocurrency is versus, you know, the normal money systems in the world. And so, somehow
0: the, we only do it in six minutes. Too, yeah, because we're amazing. Because
1: then we also get into the benefits of Dash and how Dash is special among those cryptocurrencies.
0: And if we were going to do a Cliff Notes version right now, we would say something along the lines of, well, one to four seconds... To transact Dash, meaning my phone to your phone, you now have the money. Faster than a credit card. Crazy. Less than one penny to transact Dash, no matter how much you send. That's a lot cheaper than a credit card. Yep. Also something called instant send, which facilitates merchant transactions and takes care of all the concerns merchants would have about actually receiving the money and this concern that they have called double spending. It's all been fixed. They actually Dash fixed it four years ago. I think they're the only major cryptocurrency which has fixed that as well.
1: I yeah, that that's the really interesting part is they could actually be adopted for mercantile exchanges because yep. the merchant doesn't have to worry that somebody's gonna double spend or not actually have the Dash that they claim to because the, the money isn't instantly spendable. But with yep. Instant Send, it is. Right. So that's really interesting. We, we get deeper into that stuff in the video. We also have links in there to the uh, Dash wallet in the description of this podcast. Mm-hmm. Link to the video, link to the Dash wallet, which is an easy, free, quick download. You just get Dash wallet on your phone. You can have Dash on there and you know make bets with your friends with it and stuff. It's good. And we're still giving away at least some Dash. Not exactly sure where we are in our calendar in terms
0: of yeah. if we've already had our big giveaway, if we're just about to have our big giveaway in terms of the calendar, because I'm not sure when this show's coming out. Right. But even if we've given away our four dash giveaway, which we're doing or have done yeah. by the time you're listening to this, there's another giveaway coming really soon as well. It's a smaller one than that, but still worth you know legit money, yeah, like hundreds of dollars. Might as well get in on it. Yeah, crazy not to. So keep keep your eyes peeled.
1: Keep your eyes peeled, and keep your eyes peeled for this turn card. Because we're back to the hand. Oh, so slick. All right. 355K in the pot. We got Sousa with nine of spades. And we have, what's his name? Rafael Sorrentino. Wow. With ace queen offsuit. Wow. I mean, he's a what's his name. Does he right. have a dog? I don't know. Yeah, that's He has 0.75 dog. That's not. Oh, so they have an equal amount of dog now. No, that's EV, offensive. His EV is 0. 0.75 no, dog. No,
0: no, it's not. He has more dogs in his range. <laughs> <laughs> than I don't than think Sousa so. has in his range. Have you seen those two guys? Sor- Sorrentino is clearly a dog guy. Look at mean, him. No. All right. Let's not go too far down this path because we could go. I agree. Very far. All right. I
1: agree. All right. So uh, the turn card is the three of hearts. So the board is now queen of diamonds, of spades, four of spades, three of hearts. Yep. Uh, so this is an interesting decision point for Sousa because Sorrentino has about 580k left, as Jonathan said. So and the, and the pot is 355k. Sousa's is sitting there with a naked 10 high flush draw. It's a weird spot. What do you what do you think are some options here for Souza? Okay.
0: So I think we shouldn't be looking to check fold for, unless we were to check and Sorrentino would bet so much that it's just not profitable to continue. Sure. Um, I don't think we should really be looking to check call because we only get there 20% of the time. Yeah. So I think we should be looking to either bet again or check raise all in. Those should be our two main options.
1: Okay. I agree with that. I okay. think it's... If we, bet, if we check and Sorrentino bets, he's essentially uncapped at that point, right? I mean, maybe he would raise his sets of deuces and fours in the flop because of the flush draw, but maybe not.
0: Maybe not. With only 30 blinds, he might be trying to yeah. take a little bit of a risk and like you know try and get the big double.
1: Yeah, and in this scenario, Sorrentino might be moving a bit carefully through the world. Yeah, He might not be betting that wide of a range here. It might be a bit of a, a bad idea to check shove against that range.
0: Here's the other big concern I would have about checking here. Let's say it goes check, check. Now we look weak. Yeah. And it's going to be hard for us to rep something strong on the river. Not impossible, but like we don't have over pairs very often anymore in our range. And we right. don't have ace, queen that often anymore in our range. The hands. So, like if we miss and it goes check, check, it's going to be easy for Sorrentino to call with all the showdownable hands, at least a lot of them, right? Like as opposed to if we bet here, now we're repping, we still have aces, we still have kings, we still have top set, we have all that stuff in our range much, much more of the time. I agree
1: with that. So I, so that is a real problem with checking. What do you think is the top of our value checking range? Showdown on my hands. I mean, we can have some queens. Yeah, like queen jack suited or something. Yeah. We might check that.
0: Maybe once in a while we even check like king queen. Maybe, yeah. But mostly we're going to probably bet that too, right? Because we figure if the guy's got ace queen and we have king queen, we're probably just going to get it in by the river. Like, oh, well, I've got All a right. stack. It's
1: well, fine. Those are all good reasons to bet, because this is a a spot where we're trying to apply pressure on our opponents when we have a bigger stack because of the situation in the tournament. So if we want to be able to rep more value, betting is definitely the way to go. The problem is, if we make any normal size bet and Sorrentino shoves, we're not going to be getting the right odds to call, and it kind of sucks because we had a flush draw.
0: That does suck. So Sorrentino has 580. The pot has like 300-something in it? 355. Yeah, we just aren't going to be able to... There's no amount we can really... I mean, there's no we can way. bet
1: like 370 and we call can in. Yeah. We can move him in. But
0: then we're just moving him in. Yeah. Which doesn't seem like a great idea. No. Yeah, so that, that is the poopy... That's the other side of it. He doesn't move in that often, though, right? And when he... By the way, when he moves in, he probably usually, usually has us in bad trouble anyway. Yeah. So it's not so bad to fold our 20% equity hand at right. best. By the way, sometimes it's not 20% equity. Sometimes he has a better flush draw. True. He doesn't have very many worse flush draws, if any. Yep. So maybe it's okay. Maybe it's not that bad if we bet and he moves in anyway.
1: Okay, so then what size should we bet? Good and question. The, the underpinning question of that question is, what are we trying to accomplish by betting? Do we mostly just want him to fold right now? Or do we want to try to see the river somewhat cheaply because we have a hand with equity and we can bomb the river big either way? Like, what's, what's our main goal here? That's a great
0: question. I think we are trying to get him to fold... But I think we want to do it with the sub the subtask of um, leaving enough so if we decide to bomb the river, by the way, we get there or we don't, we can bomb the river enough that it's like legit fold equity. So I'd be trying to set them up to have about pot size left. Right. That ought to be enough. I could, we could figure that out. That ought to be enough that we can bet now that we still have fold equity against not not the hand that he has. I wouldn't I wouldn't be targeting ace queen, but I could be targeting like two tens. I could be targeting queen ten suited or queen jack suited or something mm-hmm. like that. Those are tough. Those are tough hands to call a second time.
1: Yeah, I am agreeing with you here, and I also think we should bet, and, and that means a bit of a smaller bet. Yeah, and I agree with that as well because I think a lot of the time we're going to fold out the same amount of hands with a smaller bet in this scenario. Yeah, like tens are going to fold when we bet small anyway right king jack of spades which has us in jail is not going to be getting the right price and is not going to know what to do i mean it might move in but
0: that's okay if it moves in i mean well i say it's okay like i guess we could bluff it on the river but now we have to decide to do that and we have to not get there and they have to not improve and like it's not that like equity wise it's actually okay if they move in and we fold it's not the end of the world yeah i
1: like i like a like a pretty small bet here because i mean i don't think we're gonna fold out a queen yet anyway if we bet bigger, unless we shove, maybe right. Yeah, so I don't think there's a lot of value in a normal size bet. Even I think a smaller bet is better for more fold equity on the river when mm-hmm. we like mostly miss. You know, and so
0: there's there's three forty in there, three fifty five. So what do you, when you say small? What are you thinking?
1: I'm thinking well, if we want to give him a pot size bet on the river, it's going to be like a really small bet. So it, ha- it has, it's going to has to be we're a not, little bit
0: bigger. Yeah, we're not going to be able to leave him. We can just leave him most of a pot left. That's I, I think
1: I like like one fifteen. Something like that. I was thinking
0: 125. Yeah. But sure, that's all in the same general area. I think you go uh, as, well, if you make it 150, The well, I guess then the concern is there's going to be 650 in the pot and he's going to have 430 left and then he may just feel obligated to call yeah. like too much. So that's why you wouldn't want it. And that goes back to the, yeah, that's why one, 115 may be better. You can even go like 105. It's probably fine. Yeah, it looks strong. Yeah. Looks like, and by the way, when you do that, you're saying, I'm shoving you a lot on the river, right? Like yeah. you're, that's the threat. And so if he's thinking about it, he should understand that he's got to fold a lot of hands there, including, by the way, some queens. Yeah. He should probably fold some queens here. I don't think you should fold the hand that he has.
1: No. Um, you, of course, have to be doing this with aces and kings and sets as well. Of course. If you're going to do it with this hand.
0: Right. So you have to be okay with the notion of giving him like a pretty good price to draw.
1: But even if you bet like 115, he's not getting the right price in this situation to draw to like the king high flush draw. If he has king jack of spades...
0: Um, if we have aces, exactly. Yeah. Or I guess aces, kings or sets. Yeah. That's, or that's king, true. Or king, queen. Right. Right. That's true. Um, but, uh, but we are giving him, well, no, I mean, I guess the concern is against the, well, no, cause we're going to call it off. Actually. We don't mind. We bet yeah. if he shoves, that's fine. We're happy for him. Yeah. To shove, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I th- I think it's fine to do that. To just like, we can bet smaller. It's a tournament anyway. Like people bet smaller in tournaments. Yeah. We're threatening a lot of his stack by betting here. We're betting. He started the hand with 30 blinds. By betting 115, we're betting what? Like almost 20, bl- almost 10 blinds. That's like no. huge. No. But it's 1224, is yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, we're betting a lot less than that. Yeah. We're betting like five blinds. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's different.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it is. But I still think that's probably the best way to I think go it's okay. about this situation. It's a I think bit it's of okay. a tricky situation.
0: Yeah. We can. Uh, and by the way, he has a small enough stack that we can check, call the river almost no matter what comes if we want to. Like, it's okay. You mean if we have a good hand? Right. No, not this hand. But I'm saying if we have aces or yeah. something like that. Like, a spade can come. We can check. He moves in. We can still call. We don't have to, but we absolutely can.
1: Sure. Although, we would expect to fold out a lot of his spades anyway. Yeah, that's right. Where he's just like, I can't just keep putting yeah. chips in right now. I just got to let it go. Or he'd move in. Right. But that's okay if we have a good hand. Yeah, okay. All right. Anyway, Sousa decides to bet again. Yeah. He bets a bit bigger than we would have. He bets 148. Into 355, yeah. That's which good. it seems like a small difference, but when you think about the river stack to pot ratio and what you're really trying to accomplish here, it's kind of a big deal.
0: Yeah, it's going to make it easier for Sorrentino. May just find himself in a spot on the river. I remember I was saying I've been in some of these spots. I'm thinking about a spot where I had Ace Jack and someone raised. I'm going to tell the story really fast. Go ahead. This was there were like 22 of us left in a big-ish tournament. Like it was the Chinook Maine from like a year ago. So, like, first place was what? Like sixty grand or something? Something like know. that. Something know. like that. It was it's worth winning. And, uh, you yeah, know, like, 22 of us left. The guy raised in, like, late position. I had ace-jack, I think, in the big blind. The flop was jack high. I check-called the flop, and on the turn, he bet an amount which was, like, small-ish, because I think I started the hand with, like, 22 blinds. Um, but it was enough that I was... I remember on the river when he moved in, I was just like, I'm just committed, like it was the board was jack high. into it, but I just felt like I'm just completely committed here. Like Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to call. I have like 12 lines left and like, I put in almost half my stack and I've got maybe the best hand. I'm really, I'm almost one of of the best hands I'm ever going to show up with here. Like I just have to call. Um, and he had aces and I was out, but like, but so like you can, so you put him in a spot. I'm saying Sorrentino where he may just feel committed now if he has a pretty
1: good hand, Yeah, which isn't what you want to do. Nope. Not when you have 20% equity against the majority of his range. Right. Yeah. It's bad news. Yeah. Well, now Sorrentino has a decision. Yes. It would not be insane to move in now with the stack to pot that's going to happen, although it would be a game theory disaster. I think it's a game theory disaster, and that's a good reason not to do it. That is a very good reason not to do it, but if there's a spot to perform a game theory disaster, this might be a candidate. Because the pot's just worth winning. The pot's worth winning. It's a s- scary-ish board, like... Obviously, you don't, what, you don't know what to do if a spade comes. You're going mean, to have the, a bad time.
0: The only cards that are bad for us are spades. We have the queen of spades in our hand, by the way. Spades and kings, right? Those are the yeah. things we really don't want to see. Everything else, we're just going to be like, yeah, that's not so bad. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's fine. We're not going to love it if like we call here and we get shoved on on the river, though, even though we may feel committed because of our stack size. So it's not unreasonable to move in. But I guess the thing is, if we think this guy has bluffs we should probably call. If we think he doesn't have bluffs, we should probably not move in, right? Yeah, I think... This goes back to game theory disaster.
1: Yeah, I think it's just... It's the wrong hand to move in with. I think if somehow we showed up with two kings here, that might be a good hand to move in with because we don't block queens. We don't block him having king-queen or ace-queen. We we block specifically king-queen there, but like queen-jack suited, hands like that that he might call with.
0: Yeah, he may feel like... With with ace-queen,
1: we block all of the hands we want him to call us with, Mm -hmm. and that's not good. I agree. Yeah. So I think calling is the right play. But of course, this is a very scary situation for Sorrentino.
0: I mean, it's one of those where you're like, I just hope I'm not going to roll my eyes and fold in like a dumb way on the river, you know, like where like a bad card comes. and I'm just like, it sucks. Like the king of hearts comes and he moves in and you're like, king of hearts, the king of spades. Yeah, Those are, those are things you just don't want to see, right? Yeah. Yeah. Really any king, any king is, you're worried. I think you're more afraid of kings than spades. You don't really want to
1: see any paint, like in case he has the other queen, you know? Casey is the other queen another queen if if Su- like if Sousa has oh, a queen. If it's queen jack you mean yeah like you don't want to see a 10 jack or king right because they were only seven-handed or yeah. six-handed to start right yeah like nine
0: or worse is is a better card for us
1: yeah yeah for sure um so anyway Sorrentino does decide to call and this pot got real big
0: yeah what do we got in there
1: 651k in the pot with 18 left in the Monte Carlo main event and Sorrentino has how many how many chips now 430
0: yeah okay you know what else has 430 chips? What? <laughs> I mean, a big bowl of potato chips, bro. But also... A real big bowl. Yeah, is it? I think so. How big are the chips? That's the question you have to ask yourself. But also, Nitrogen Sports Poker. They've got 430 chips and more.
1: <laughs> they have more than 430? <laughs> That's unheard of.
0: Yeah, they're, they're leading the industry. The, you go to some
1: of those other poker sites, they only have 428 chips. Yeah.
0: Industry-leading 430 and more chips. 430 plus <laughs> Poker chips.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's incredible. (laughs) What a new innovation from Nitrogen Sports. They're (laughs) always
0: working. They're always, you know, changing it up and and making it better for the players. This is just one more example of it. Why don't we tell them a little
1: more about Nitrogen, though? All right. Well, while you you were chasing girls, they were mastering the blockchain because (laughs) they are a Bitcoin-only poker site. And uh, that means that you get lightning-fast withdrawals and deposits. And by that, I mean, like, 10 minutes, 20 minutes sometimes, Mm -hmm. which that means to your account. That doesn't mean, like, before they process it, like with some other sites. It's like, I want the money. You get the money. They don't do any BS internal processing. It's great. It is great. It's
0: great. Also, um, some of those other sites will um sometimes charge you for yeah. withdrawals, things like that. Not nitrogen, bro. No. Nope, one get, free withdrawal every two weeks. That's right. And that's pretty cool because Bitcoin sometimes has really big fees. Yeah. But they just shoulder that for you. Right. Take it on. And if our listeners... Use the link in the description of this podcast to sign up to Nitrogen, which, by the way, is very easy to do. You just need a username and password. Yep. They have access to our cool, awesome Poker Guys tourneys that happen at the end of every month. Super cheap to get
1: in. Massive overlay. Totally worth doing. It's cool and awesome. Yeah. And they also have sports betting and a casino. Yep. And, um, you know, they can teach you to master the blockchain and maybe the ways of the katana. Stuff like that, you know? Yeah.
0: If you ask them. I lost you there on the katana bit, but sure. I don't know where we went there. I don't know what just happened.
1: While you were chasing girls, they were training. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Fair enough. With their katanas and their blockchains. All right. Anyway, check it out. Use the link in the description, and we'll see you there. Okay. All right. So, as we said earlier, the situation is sorrentino's got 430k left which is still a reasonable stack at this point in the tournament i mean i mean is it it's not that reasonable it's not great it's a three-bet shoving
0: stack but right it's like 16 blinds, 17 blinds yeah it's It's okay but we put he's put in you know 40 percent of a stack here yeah but
1: he's gotta be a little scared well not yet okay you can still have the best hand 651K in the pot. The river is the four of hearts. It should never really affect anything. That is a brickety brick. Yep. So it pairs the four, but neither player really has a four in their range. So the board is queen, deuce, four, three, four? Yep. Okay. With a missed flush draw. Got it. Sousa misses his flush draw. Yeah. So yeah, the four should never change anything.
0: Agreed. Seems very... Yeah, um, yeah because you figure Sousa would probably not bet ace four suited on the turn. Right? No, you wouldn't really expect that. Yeah, he'd usually check that.
1: Okay. If he if, might bet it, I if mean, there's bet. a hand, that's the hand, but it's rare that he would bet it. There's only two combos anyway.
0: Right. And that's the only way the four would change it. Yeah.
1: Right. All right. Okay. So Susan moves in. Yes. This is the spot we're talking about. Yes. Right here. There's not like a ton of nuance to the action. It's just a triple barrel bluff, uh, which was a semi bluff until the river. But this is a situation that many of you have found yourself in late in the tournament. Of when course. The guy with a bigger stack is just going for it. And you're like, well, Damn it. I have Ace Queen, but this kind of sucks a lot. It does. Obviously, I can't beat any value. Like, Susa's not doing this with King Queen, right? I don't know what the stack to pot this, this small maybe he is. I mean, with King Queen, isn't it probably better just to check and hope that Sorrentino has a flush draw and bluffs it off?
0: I mean, Ace Queen is the top of Sorrentino's range, right? There's one hand. Yeah that's problematic here if
1: you have king queen right, but versus, the majority versus of his kings. range is draws then right um yeah i guess that's true especially because we blocked the queen it's we like blocked, super blocking dry the queen it
0: really matters sorrentino there, yeah.
1: doesn't ever have like ace four himself no he doesn't ever have it ever. yeah i think you got to check king queen
0: yeah okay i
1: think actually and
0: this this is something you said before we started this when we were watching the video um You made a point that you think if you have a queen in your hand, if you have ace queen, you should be checking that too for the same reasons. Like you block a queen, and so he's more likely to, uh, Sorrentino is more likely to have draws, and so we want to give him a chance to do it. I think that's really a great point. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So like you should bet your over pairs. um, If you somehow have a set of like deuces, so you have a full house, you should bet that because you can get called by top pair.
1: Yeah, but when you block the queen, you probably shouldn't bet. Right. Because you have to like, give Sorrentino a chance to bluff. Yeah, you know? okay. That's that's totally fair. That's reasonable. Right. And you can just snap call. Yeah. All right. So he moves in. Sousa moves in, and now yeah. Sorrentino's in a spot. This is yes. obviously a very uncomfortable spot. Yes. And it comes down to a lot of subjective assumptions about Sousa and what Sousa's doing here. Like, is Sousa going to go for this with a pure bluff ever? If the answer is yes, then we have to call. Right. If he only has semi bluffs that are then turned into pure bluffs on the river the question good. is do we have to call it's it's a lot harder to call especially because we have a blocker in our
0: hands for yeah that. the queen of spades is a key blocker yeah to that spot although actually i guess with the queen on the board it's it's not as it's All not right. as key but. so
1: we can do some easy value combinatorics first yeah. and then the bluff combinatorics are going to be subjective and right. we'll All play right. with it so we think probably, and we're making this assumption as well. But I'm assuming Souza is going to be thinking along the lines that we are, and moving in with kings are better here. Okay, I think that's reasonable. And check calling with ace queen and yep. other queens. Okay, let's let's say that's what's happening. I don't know if it's true. Okay,
0: well it is for now. Is also, from from Sorrentino's point of view, though, that would be that's fine, right? Because that's like yeah. since since he would chop with ace queen anyway, it sort of. Almost immaterial, right? That piece and everything worse would check anyway. So he's so like all value would quote be beating him, and that's that's the point, right? So anyway, all right. go on.
1: So we can give him hundred percent combos of kings and aces, okay? Which so from Sorrentino's perspective is nine.
0: Um, right. That's
1: right. Nine combos. There we got another three combos of deuces for deuces full. Right. Another one combo of fours for quads. Okay. And then another one combo of queens for queens full
0: ace five suited.
1: Oh, ace five suited. There's three
0: combos of ace five suited.
1: Okay, so I, I kind of got lost. Me there. too. Combo- Nine, okay.
0: and then we have the deuces is twelve, and yep. then we have one combo fours is thirteen. Ace five suited is three more combos to get us to sixteen. Then queens full. Queens full is seventeen.
1: Okay, so seventeen combos of obvious value that Souza could easily play this way.
0: We would expect him to play this way. Yeah, yeah. To get it in, you know.
1: Right. Okay. So those are all obvious problems. So then the subjective question is, what are the bluffs? How frequent are the bluffs?
0: Is it possible Susan can have pocket trays also? He bets the flop once, gets called, and then turns it. Possible. He might he, see better He bet got, got called in two spots, though. It's not... I know. He's under the gun. It's not that bad a board. It's queen 4 Two. Yeah. He might bet it. Maybe we can give him, like, one combo. Okay. Yeah. So we're at to 18. But yeah. go on. All,
1: All right, right. What are the bluffs? Yeah. Would he ever have 5-6, though? Could you think about that for a second?
0: Maybe. Maybe he can have 5-6.
1: Especially 5-6 of spades. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think he can get a 5-6. All right. So so he's up to 21 combos, 22 sure. combos. 22 combos. Let's call it 22 combos of value. All right. Cool. Seems fair. Now, the question is, as I said, does he have any pure bluffs? And if he does, if he has one pure bluff, that means he has a lot of pure bluffs, like hands that just don't make any sense on this board. Okay. Like 9-10 of diamonds. Like, if he's capable of showing up with 9-10 of diamonds here, we have to just give him, like, some random, somewhat large number of combos of random bluffs, like... 35 or something
0: yeah i will say i doubt he has very many of that because sorrentino does not call instantly even you know what i mean sorrentino like goes into the tank yeah so it isn't like he's like oh it's tom Dwan. it's victor blom of course i call yeah you know it's like i like i did it i hope i hope i'm good you know i'll be unlucky if i'm not it wasn't like that he goes into the tank and doesn't know what to do
1: beyond that Even if Sousa doesn't have any of those, he has zero. Yeah. Even if he just has every reasonable flush draw for him to have, Mm -hmm. it's still enough that we have to call.
0: Well, let's figure it out. Okay. I'm not saying you're wrong, but let's let's do it. So it's ace-king of spades. Sure. Ace-jack of spades. Yeah.
1: Ace-ten of spades. I mean, I think it goes all the way down. All
0: the ace. You think all the spade
1: aces? It's down to ace-six of spades because the other ones are different.
0: Okay, so... And there's a queen on board, and that's it, right? Yeah. So that's a lot, of car- that's a lot right there. Yeah. This is your point.
1: Discounting the 910, Jack 9, 8, 9, yeah, yeah, 7, about that 8, kind of stuff. like
0: all of those spades. But we would give him 910 of spades, don't we? give him Jack 10 of spades. Yeah. We give him some of those. So you're right. We're getting, to, we're getting to like 11 combos or 12 combos or something, right? Yeah. So we're getting way, way the right price. And
1: we know it's probably more because we know he can show up with 910 of spades. He's probably showing up with 7, 8 of spades, too. Yeah, I agree. You know? Now, here's a question. We, he
0: may not always actually be shoving these, though. Right. That's the question. Because Sorrentino looks committed to the pot. Yeah. Which is, by the way, a reason not to shove and a reason to shove,
1: right? Because yeah. when you shove, it looks
0: super strong.
1: It's right. like you're calling, right? And
0: then, But it also is, you know. I
1: mean, he doesn't look as committed as we've seen in the past with some players. I mean, he, he has 430K left with 650 yeah. in the pot. He's okay. not completely committed. But he's put in,
0: you know, over 40%
1: of his stack. True. But that didn't shouldn't have to. actually be a factor like how much of his stack he's put in in the discreet moment of the river shouldn't really matter from Sorrentino's point of view from either perspective. I mean, if we're actually just looking at it from a dry perspective without any emotion,
0: but the point is he's, he's committed himself to the pot by putting like, you know how often on the turn you'll just fold you where it's like close because it's like, I don't want to get myself in this spot. You know what I mean? I understand that he chose to continue to be in the spot. That means something about that means something. Sure. So, as um, Souza, I think it's very reasonable at this point to think, okay, like almost always Sorrentino has a queen here, right?
1: Yeah, he like, just has he just has king queen. It looks like he has king queen, right? I mean, unless Sorrentino is a super soul player, you'd expect a raise to come in from a set at some point, right?
0: Yeah, probably on the flop, honestly. It's on, on you're flop. under the gun, like, yeah. He'd probably just raise it,
1: yep. So but, that means he usually has a queen, because he's not going to probably call Jack. He's probably going to three-bet Jack's flop, but if, yeah. he, if he doesn't, he's probably not going to call the turn with Jack's.
0: Right. Right. He might not even call the flop, but hes I'd be surprised if he called the So turn.
1: Sorrentino kind of only has a queen or right. a flush draw, and he usually doesn't have a flush draw, because he probably would have folded the turn.
0: Or he would have moved in on the turn. He wouldn't have called. Yeah. I don't think he would have gone call-call with a flush draw. So with Sorrentino just has a queen.
1: That's all he ever has. He
0: has like He's like... I would think he's, like, capped at king-queen, actually. Turns out he's capped at ace-queen. Yeah. But if I was sitting there, I'd think, like, king-queen is, like, the best hand he has. And, like, the worst hand he has is, like, queen-jack. Like, it's a very narrow range.
1: That's a great reason for Sousa to go for it. Yeah. That's also a great reason for Sorrentino to call. Because yes. he has the very best hand he ever shows up with with ace-queen. Right. This right. is the, the tippy-top of the range. That is that is the thing.
0: It's, it's actually a weird spot for Sorrentino. Because he's at the top of his range, but he blocks flush draws. Yeah. Although, but it's a queen of spades, which and there's a queen on the board, so it doesn't block it exactly in the same no, way, it, right? It really actually doesn't. changes it. It's any other spade would be different yep. than this. So maybe he doesn't really block flush draws in this. The ace way. of spades would be a bigger deal, exactly. Yeah. Even the king of spades. Any other any other spade, but you're right. If he says because he has ace queen, the ace of spades would be a huge deal. Yeah. And I think we'd have to strongly consider folding, even though we're at the top of our distribution. Absolutely. I don't know if we should. We do block aces. Well, oh, we block aces anyway. I mean, the only thing as Sorrentino, we're, what are we even? I guess we we outlined all the hands we're afraid of. Yeah, twenty-two combos. But you're sitting there and you're like, it's really just kings, though, right? I mean, it's almost always kings if it's something, right? I mean, it's any of those twenty-two combos, right? But it, but king, I mean, kings is six combos. It's the most likely of, yeah. of that bunch.
1: But it feels like kings. So we opened under the gun. He played yeah, it this way, yeah. like it, it's like yeah, you have kings. It's also a lot easier um, to put. Your opponent on the one pip better hand than you. People it do it all the time. It is. And this is exactly the spot that we, we set this whole thing up to talk about. And like, so I'm sitting
0: there with my ace, Jack. The guy's moved in on the river. And I'm like, I mean, he just he's supposed to have it, right? And I didn't insta-call even though I'd already put in like most of my stack or like half my stack or something mm. like that. And I only had like 12 lines left and I still didn't insta call because like he's supposed to have it but then I was like yeah I'm getting an incredible price and this is as good as it gets for me too and if I'm folding here like what am I not what am I what am I doing like I played it I played it this way I keep checking to him I give him a chance to bluff I'm calling um, so, but this but you feel so dumb when you call and you're wrong so then the guy turns over aces and I'm just like as I'm driving home I'm like I mean I could have folded right yeah. like it's pretty obvious he had me like I could have folded right it's okay that I called the turn I can still fold You know, and, like, you talk... So, like, you feel like you're just going to be so... You feel so stupid when you call. And it's, like, so obvious he has you when you call anyway. When
1: Sorrentino is sitting here trying to make his decision, he's doing all these mental backflips that you're talking about where he's like, God, I feel so stupid if I'm wrong either way. It's, like, so bad. And not, not like, how I look. It's just, like, feel so bad if I'm wrong either way. Right.
0: It's not... It's really not about, like, being embarrassed on TV. It's about, like we're trying to make good decisions here yeah. as poker players. We're trying to, especially in these big spots, we really want to be right when everything really matters and we can't always be right. But you know, in these spots where it's like, I don't know, like I have like competing, you know, competing things in my head here. One is he really looks crazy strong and doesn't seem afraid that I obviously have a queen. Yeah. And I'm sort of set up to call cause I put in a lot of my stack and the other thing is, this is the best hand I really can have. And like, if I'm folding this, like, what am I doing in my in my world? Why, you know, why did I get up this morning? You know, well, that's one way to think about <laughs> it. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, what am I doing if I'm folding the top of my range? Not that you should never fold the top of your range. Sometimes but, you have to because your opponent has such
1: an extreme range advantage. Yes, but
0: and, does and, and is that true here? That's the that's that, that's the question. Does
1: have a pretty extreme range advantage? I think. Yeah, but I think he does. At the same time. If we know enough about Susa to know that he can show up with a nine, ten of spades here, that's probably enough to say call. Yeah. Because that means he has plenty of flush draws. That means he has all the flush draws, yeah. pretty much. Yeah. So I, I think it comes down to a pretty simple decision here. If we have the ace of spades with our ace queen, we fold. If we don't, we call.
0: Ugh, if we have the ace of spades with our ace queen, does that mean we're supposed to fold the turn? Because it looks like he's setting up to shove the river. Maybe. Ugh, that seems so
1: awful. But I think that's probably a smart thought. Yeah. We have to think about that kind of stuff yeah. anyway. Yeah. Anyway, Sorrentino does not have the ace of spades. I don't know if that would have been a factor or not, but he does call. Yeah.
0: He yeah. does find a call.
1: And then he wins the tournament.
0: Yes. He wins half a million dollars. Yeah. So, and it's certainly because of this call, right? Without this call, he probably doesn't win.
1: Yeah, no, and we know it's the right call combinatorially because we know Susa can show up with a 10 nine of spades.
0: But we only know but that because the, he showed up yeah, with the 10 at the, of at the
1: time, Sorrentino might have no idea. Like, maybe this guy only has nut flush draws in his range.
0: I mean, Sorrentino mm. says, while well, he's trying to decide what to do, he says, do you have, like, ace-5 here? Yeah, so, so, yeah. so the fact that he thinks the guy can have ace-5 means he's giving the guy a wider opening range than some other players might have. Right. Which means... Maybe it's easier to come back to, like, so he can have, like, jack ten of spades, nine ten of spades, like that.
1: also says during his tank, though, you just have, like, no bluffs here, right? He does say that. Yeah. But then he calls anyway. Yeah. But this
0: is exactly the thing. Certainly, we're used to this, too. Like, where we're in spots, where like, this guy's just never bluffing. Right. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that I have a good hand. Right. He's not bluffing, and his value beats me. Yeah. So what, So I have to fold.
1: Yeah. That's that. I guess Sorrentino didn't really believe that, though. He was just trying to get a read. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe
0: maybe. also by saying that, like it's a way of like working it out in your head a little bit. Like, is that actually true? You say it and you hear it and it's like, is that true? And like, I guess not. I guess he's got some bluffs. Yeah.
1: Anyway, it feels so good to make that call and be right. And then win the tournament. And then win the tournament. That call obviously helped him win the tournament. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's huge. Huge Uh, pot.
0: I mean, he goes from 30 blinds to like, I mean, he's either going to have what, like 17 blinds or he's going to have like 65 blinds. Yeah. That's a a 4X difference. I, he almost never wins the tournament without making
1: this call, yep. I imagine. Yeah. So that that hand may not have had a lot of the flashiness, of, except for it's got a hero call, which is kind of cool, of a lot of the hands we do. But I think it's a really interesting hand to do, an interesting spot to do. Let me ask you this, okay?
0: Do you think that should play into it, what we just said? of uh, He almost never wins the tournament if he doesn't make this call. probably you you can make the opposite case right like if you call and you're wrong you're just out versus you still have 17 blinds you almost never win
1: the tournament if you make the call and you're wrong yeah
0: (laughs) but you see what i'm saying like you're like if i make this call and i'm right i have a legit chance to win the tournament yeah that's another reason to call
1: it is i agree yeah although you can still win the tournament
0: from 17 blinds. of course it's happened many times yeah so much so many times even big huge i mean
1: joketta jacobson no not joketta it's uh it was uh, Greg Merson who was down to three blinds on day three of the main event. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Martin Jacobson at
0: the final table was really shocked. Oh, yeah. He
1: was just like three bet shove stack the whole time. And yeah. somehow he danced between the raindrops and every time they folded. Yep. Except
0: finally he got called when he had, what, two sevens and the. Won a flip? The foosball player called off like 33 blinds, like for no reason with Ace Jack. And yeah. he won the flip and then he was the best player left.
1: Yep. Well. I guess that's what happened to Sorrentino here, sort of. Yeah. <laughs> Not exactly. No, perfect. Perfect <laughs> yeah. analogy. Anyway, interesting. All right.
0: I, one of the things I love about this show, I'm just because this before we end, is that this feels like in some ways a very standard spot. It's like a guy triple-barreled. The other guy had the, the top of his range he called. The, yeah. What's there to say? But actually, like, there's a lot of tiny things that go into all of this. And like actually examining it is what the poker guys are all about. And I love doing this show.
1: No, you're right. And I actually think that's a really important point because... The way a lot of players think, and they they hit a brick wall in their development as a poker player, is they see what the correct, in quotations, line is for certain situations, and then they just apply that and don't don't think about the nuance of it at all or why it's the correct line. They've just seen it applied by good players and assume, okay, that's good. It's worked for me a couple times. That's how I'm supposed to do it. But taking it to this level where we actually break down every little decision and the combinatorial aspect of it is important. Even if you're going to make the right decision without knowing those parts, knowing those parts helps you in every other aspect of poker as well. This is how
0: you make right decisions when when you're in spots that aren't comfortable and aren't obvious and familiar.
1: Yeah, it's incredibly important. And it's good that you guys are listeners because you're not overlooking them. So good job. Yeah. Yeah, all right, we're done. Music is my sunlight and all I need is one mic, not gonna show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired. I'm sippin' on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life, and I took a on a break, but I'm back to claim the throne
0: and gonna be traveling the globe we still have time to make